Welcome to the Alfred Consciousness Transforming Podcast for exceptional 21st century living. We've got a great show today. We're going to have Roger Lee Weininger with us and uh, Dr. Roger Lee Weininger with us. And she's talking about her book, Heart Medicine, How to Stop Painful Patterns and Find Peace and Freedom at Last. And folks, this isn't your usual, you know, therapy book where you read it, you try a couple of things and you don't have success. This is a book where you read it, uh, it reads like a story. You ingest the information, you do the exercises, and it does work. Now, you know, she doesn't promise it's going to work the first time out because in order to affect change, we have to, you know, be a bit repetitive and, you know, truly commit to the change that we want to see in ourselves. But her work works. Okay. So if you're thinking about um, changing your life or in any type of pain, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, this is the book for you. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's holding you back. But you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly, truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is a belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that en enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network of 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist, so that whether you are stressed, depressed, or Possessed, I could help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com. And I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on LinkedIn. Um, if you like the podcast, please uh, subscribe. We would love to have those subscriptions. And if you want to rate us, we can accept that too. My guest today, Dr. Raduli Weininger, is a clinical psychologist, psychotherapist, and meditation teacher. She leads weekly and monthly meditation groups in Santa Barbara and leads retreats in the United States and internationally. And she's here to talk about her book today, Heartwork, The Path of Self-Compassion. Um, well, no, she's also the author of that one because we're going to talk about heart medicine. So go get them both. It's going to help you tremendously. Welcome, Roger Lee. Hi. Hi, it's great to have you. Thank you so much for um, coming on. Well, it's great to hear what all you do. I like to sign up for, for a reading. Oh, okay. Well, talk to me afterwards if we can get that done. Um, your, okay. <laughs> your book, Heart Medicine, How to Stop Painful Patterns and Find Peace and Freedom at Last. Um, like As I said earlier, it's a very good book. How did you come you know, to write this book? It seems that so many therapists today are now embracing some form of spirituality. 
Yeah, so in a way, these are two questions. The first one is maybe how I came to spirituality, mm -hmm. which I actually came before I became a therapist. I, I studied medicine in Germany and I got really sick. It was in 1980. And I uh, went then to Sri Lanka actually to study acupuncture. They had a good acupuncture program. And I ended up meeting this really ancient old monk who gave me this first amazing experience of what meditation is like. Uh -huh. It was like meeting, meeting the divine, really, you know, it was amazing. And so then I ended up in a monastery in Sri Lanka. And uh, when I came home and finished medical school, I, I just stayed with meditation. You know, I just felt um, it helped me so much and I needed it. So that's um, how that started. And, you know, then in Germany, 1980, it was a weird thing. It wasn't California. So um, <laughs> it was actually hard to uh -huh. keep going because there wasn't any support or hardly any teachers. And then I came in 84, 85 to California, which was a Mecca for me. Finally, I was normal with my meditation. <laughs> uh <-huh>. And then <laughs> um, I got my PhD in clinical psychology, but uh, Jack Cornfield, you might know him. He's yeah. a meditation teacher and actually also a psychologist. He, um, I got to know him, he became my mentor and uh, he helped me to bring psychology and and meditation together. Uh -huh. And um, actually we talked about these long-standing recurrent painful patterns, I call them lerped. Uh -huh. We get lerped. Um, and he really encouraged me to, to write this book. I think for years we talked about it and he said, you know, because I have myself, my share of lerps. And um, so he said, why don't you uh, write about what you learned, you know, bringing the psychological and the spiritual together because we need all hands on deck. Is uh -huh. that the right Right. That's the right one. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so to to work with these old wounds in our psyche. So uh, that's how that came about by him. Maybe um, we talked for the last 10, 15 years about this. Uh -huh. Maybe at least. And so, uh, yeah, I have to be grateful to him for nudging me a little bit. Oh, I'm glad that he nudged you. Now explain to people a little closer what a LERP is and how to recognize one. Yeah, a LERP, a long-standing recurrent painful pattern is basically a knot in the psyche. You know, one of those wounds that are quite old. Uh, Freud and Jung called them complexes. So uh -huh. you might know that from this literature or from you know, the word is used in common language. And they are basically uh, knots that have emotions, thoughts, repetitive thoughts, um, body feelings, um, 
in them Im images, archetypes, uh, and even events that meet us from the outside. They mm -hmm. are they part of these knots, and um, and they can be really um, difficult. You know, Freud and Jung said they come from our childhood. Uh -huh. And uh, those people in the East, they call them samskaras or shankaras or kleshas. They say they might be there much longer. Uh, they are there through lifetimes. And whoever knows, maybe we don't have to know how from where, but maybe it's good to know that they're very old. And uh -huh. uh, there are these patterns that repeat themselves, like my... my uh, one of them is around um, abandonment because uh -huh. I, my mother hit me in a children's home for the first two years of my life. Uh -huh. She was a Catholic family, you know, scared. And uh -huh. so that's good. And so no wonder I have a wound around abandonment or not being recognized or not being seen or heard. Uh -huh rejected and so it's interesting when we have this very old wound then often those kinds of things happen again to us and it's not clear if it's just in our head or if it's actually happening i think it's both you know it's it's inside and outside uh -huh. and um we recognize when we have gotten i call it lurped by feeling funny in our bodies, maybe a tightness in the chest or like a, like a knock in the stomach or hot or cold or um, maybe an emotion that feels stronger than it should be. Uh -huh. you know, why we react like this? And uh, then there are ruminations. We might wake up at night and think or we can't fall asleep or we wake up too early and um, we might have nightmares or um, images coming up um, so all of those symptoms um, happen together okay and so that's good to recognize it's important to recognize because then we don't feel so crazy we know what's going on and then we can deal with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so based on everything that I heard you say, you're really dealing with healing any type of mental instability that one may have. And we all have them because none of us are perfect. Um, like the old wounds that you were talking about. So how does the current climate that we're living in between, you know, the war, the, the COVID, um, the elections coming up in the United States. I, I was telling someone recently that I heard Donald Trump's voice the other day and I just went like into a tailspin. So how can we utilize what you practice to help us get past those triggers that we're currently experiencing? You know, first I wanted to say you are right that these old lerps that we have, these old wounds, mental and, you know, they're not just mental instabilities, they're also heart instabilities and uh -huh. physical instabilities. 
possibilities, you know, these all around knots, um, to recognize that we have them. That, that really helps because otherwise we get on our case, we doubt ourselves that this is happening. We might be critical with ourselves. Why do I overreact or maybe doubtful? Is this really happening or am I just making this up? So I think actually noticing and recognizing it. Mm -hmm. And I have there 12 different steps on how to recognize a LERP. It, it, it's helpful. But then when we see, we see, and, and it can be stark. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I wish I hadn't looked. And so <laughs> I think then what we need is a lot of self-empathy or self-compassion. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is actually hard to look at. But on mm -hmm. the other hand, drinking whiskey every day or being 10 hours on our cell phone has bad consequences too. Uh -huh. So <laughs> we might as well look, you know? Yeah, and, might have, yeah. Uh, You know what I mean? Because those things we do to distract ourselves or not to look can often be painful too. Yes. Yeah, well, you, nope. you mentioned um, the 12 uh, steps, the 12 indicators. The first indicator is exaggerated body symptoms. So talk to us about that a little bit. And, um, you know, just as the first step, because I think some, sometimes we're so numb that we don't even recognize that we're in a certain state. I remember once going to a masseuse to get a massage and I was so tense and the massage felt so good. I had to tell myself to relax. I was all tensed up on the massage table. So how do we figure out, you know, the exaggerated body symptoms that are the first step? Well, intention or numbness is one of them. Mm -hmm. So when you realize you're lying on the massage table and you're just one big knot or mm -hmm. many little knots, that is, that's one sign, you know, so, uh, not feeling is in a way a feeling too. Uh -huh. And, and especially when we have been traumatized and that's one thing at the core of a LERP is trauma. When we have been traumatized, there is often either an exaggerated feeling or no feeling at all, like a numbness. Uh -huh. And, uh, but it's important to notice that we are numb. You know, otherwise we mm -hmm. can't do anything about it. Yeah, so if you're not aware, you can't fix it, right? Right, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, in your book, you talk about this, I call wonderful man, his name is Jimmy, and he goes through ups and downs and ins and outs, and he comes out okay. Could you kind of recap Jimmy's story for the audience so they can get an idea of the different lerps that wouldn't go through and then what he did to help himself? Yeah, Jimmy is an amazing man and he's still a good friend of mine and he gave me full permission to tell his story. Uh -huh. Actually, he loved to tell his story. He still lives in a home for uh, the settled homeless in Santa Barbara. And he loves visitors. So uh -huh. he, is, uh, he is completely out there. Uh, Jimmy... Um, grew up 
I think on the East Coast, his dad had been, before he got married, um, a monk, uh -huh. a Catholic monk. And his, then he left and what became a professor and his mother was his student, how it happens, right? Professor and student. And then they got married and had four kids, but it was the 60s. And, you know, they came out of repression and Jimmy's mother basically went wild. She became a big social activist. She had many affairs, a very women's lip. And um, the monk, the ex-monk, divorced her and got custody of the kids. Uh -huh. and, uh, and then Jimmy one day left to find his mother and he found her three days dead in a bathtub. Oh, man. He, she had killed herself and the police came and he basically was frozen, you know, like talk about numb. Uh -huh. They had to screw off the toilet seat because he was holding on. He was holding on. And uh, then Jimmy was 12. He became a little vagabond. He, he left home. He thought his dad was at fault. And he lived on trains, on top of trains. He became very early at 16, 17, a heroin addict. And, um, you know, lived in the streets and brought home now and then, but left right away again, ran away. And, um, and so that was his life. Mm -hmm. and, uh, his dad tried to rehabilitate him. He actually finished high school finally at 23 and went for a year or so to Sarah Lawrence, which is a college where he ran away. And so he had a very um, colorful and traumatic life as a very free spirit. He went to India and stayed there about 10 years and met some of the sages he had always a spiritual longing but then always came back to drugs unfortunately until one day he met joseph goldstein who is um, the founder of ims inside meditation society america's oldest um, vipassana theravadan meditation center in barry massachusetts uh -huh. and and uh, they became friends and, and Joseph really took Jimmy in and actually Jimmy lived for five years in IMS inside meditation center had a few bouts of leaving and going back to drugs and restarting again uh -huh. and uh, but they became lifelong friends Joseph Goldstein is is amazing he really put his hand into the fire for jimmy and and now jimmy uh goes for three months a year to meditate at ims uh -huh. uh, joseph sponsors his fair and his stay there and uh it's and as far as i know jimmy is going to every meditation retreat he can go for free I myself brought him to a few of them. Jack Cornfield lets him stay for free. And I think he actually ordained as a Tibetan um, 
monk. Hmm. And uh, so he is kind of a, yeah, he walks around in his robes, even though he lives in his little um, housing room. Mm-hmm. And um, he works tirelessly for others, especially now during COVID. Uh, Jimmy has a special ministry to sit with those who are dying and um, especially dying homeless people. And uh-huh. he's like, day and night helping, especially Santa Barbara, Ala Vista. There are a lot of them and he is just helping people around the clock. And um, those who love Jimmy help him by now and then getting him a new phone. Now he needs a new phone. He needs new teeth. So if anybody <laughs> likes to Jimmy, I put a plug in for Jimmy mm-hmm. because we all are kind of supporting him. So if any reader likes to <laughs> sponsor Jimmy, please. Let us let me know. Okay. <laughs> he needs new teeth. <laughs> okay. But he is tirelessly helping people, and um, and you know he is he's amazing because he really walks the walk and talks the talk. Um, I think his body, even though he's not that old, he's sixty five or sixty six. Is uh-huh. a bit rattled from all the drugs he had taken in his life. He can't yeah. see very much. He's almost blind. So he's on disability. But uh-huh. he is one of the wisest people I ever know. And he's a true Bodhisattva. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I think meditation really helped him. Self-compassion has helped him a lot. Because he had a lot of self-loathing. Uh-huh. Uh, about all the things he had done in his life. Uh-huh. So self-compassion is important. And then, you know, when he has flashbacks or nightmares or gets into moods to stay with his pain, breathing through really has helped him. Then I think uh, what I talk about, meeting the mystery, awake awareness, really helps Jimmy. I think that's why he loves to go on retreat uh-huh. and to meditate, to have something bigger than our human condition that helps him through all these difficult times. Uh-huh. And then I would say lastly, what really helps um, Jimmy is um, service. You know, he's like in constant service of others Uh. and uh, and I would say service is an important help if we are working with our own wounds because it helps us to not get stuck in self-preoccupation it Uh helps us to feel that our pain is actually worthwhile and meaningful and that we can help others Uh that we have become more wise, maybe, and more compassionate through our own pain. You know, we walk the walk and talk the talk. And uh, and I think it gives us a sense of self-efficacy and meaning. You know, it gives our suffering some meaning. Uh Well, you know, I, I 
think it's interesting that you said that, you know, Jimmy, he goes to meditation, he gets all these free courses and everything. However, he gives back. So there's an equal exchange of energy. And so he's not just sitting back saying, poor me, poor me, give me, give me. He's allowing to receive, but then he's turning around and giving back in a way that is meaningful for him and the people around him. And to be a deaf doula for the homeless, I mean, that is way important, you know, because, you know, some uh, homeless people, they die without anyone there or anyone that cares. Yeah. I think you captured that really well. And I think that keeps them going. Yeah. And and makes them really such an amazing, valuable person. Yes, it, it, that's his value. That's what he's bringing. That's the way that he's changing the world, folks. Now, um, Roduli, uh, you have two websites. Um, the first one I want to talk about is RodleyWeiningerPhD.com. What will people find there besides your current book? Well, you know, I'm a clinical psychologist and meditation teacher. Mm-hmm. And so there's a schedule if people want to join uh, all my meditation teachings and uh, myself and, and a few other teachers are free. Mm-hmm. So you can easily just join us. So please do. There's no commitment necessary. We realize life is too hard. We need, <laughs> we need easy access. Mm-hmm. And um, also, you know, sometimes we give seminars and I give seminars. I teach uh, in the summer in July, um, 8 to 10 at Omega Institute, New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm right now here in Esalen, you know, talking with Esalen to teach here. Mm-hmm. And so all of that is available. And also my first book. It's called Hard Work, The Path of Mm Self-Compassion. And also with Shambhala, it's also available on on this website. And it just uh, shows what I offer. Then there is this other website because when was it? About five, six years ago, we started a nonprofit Uh to be able to give our meditations for free and to get scholarships when we give a mindfulness and compassion facilitator program uh-huh. and uh, that is mindfulheartprograms.org it's one word with an s in the end programs.org mindfulheartprograms.org uh-huh. and it has all our offerings of our little nonprofit, which is most still online we have one offering now in santa barbara in person uh, hybrid because we don't want to lose and we still want to serve the people who came all through COVID. Uh-huh. Yeah, so these are the two websites. Well, that is absolutely fabulous. You know, our time has gone so quickly. Uh, why don't you share a pearl of wisdom with our audience before we part company today? Well, one pearl of wisdom is that Besides all our psychological learning, I think the, the spiritual learning is incredibly important. And um, spiritual learning in terms of, let's say, mindfulness or whatever meditation you do, but to also allow 
the what Jung called the numinous, the great mystery in uh -huh. or uh, in Tibetan language they call it the wake awareness or um, the more the uh, and to um, get access to that uh -huh. because it, uh, there is help there not from a person but from a co-rising um, force we don't know what it is that's why it's called the great mystery <laughs> but it's it's tangibly there and can be uh touched with um with direct experience with our practice mm -hmm. well thank you thank you thank you so much for sharing that uh, again folks we've been speaking with dr roger lee Weininger, her latest book is Heart Medicine. If you feel drawn to it, please go get it because it is going to help you shift your energy, which in turn will help you um, change your life and you can get out of any fear or negative lower vibration that you find yourself in. Roger Lee, thank you so much for being with me today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Monique. That was You're really fantastic. Thank you. And to the audience, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, I appreciate your time, your attention. And I'm truly honored that you listen in. And please remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of discovering your heart medicine. Abundant blessings, light and love to all. Agape.